Hi. Um, so this is my haphazard, no look, going purely by memory approximation of the Requiem for a Dream soundtrack, which is a very good soundtrack by Clint Manso, I believe, uh, to a movie uh, that I pretend to have seen. Haven't actually seen it. Uh, too scared. Too, too scared. Everyone said uh, it made them want to jump in front of buses, uh, end their lives in various ways, and had things that they could not unsee. And I thought, I, I will take you at your word. I don't, I don't need to put that in my brain. But I understand it's very good. Uh, and the soundtrack's very good, and you should check it out. Uh, I'm gonna say some things over it, because that's a thing I do occasionally. Sex is like pizza. Due to my intolerances, I can only enjoy a very specific version of it. So, like, the first time Ron Weasley went down on Hermione, there's no way he didn't sing Highway to the Granger Zone, right? That actually reminds me of something about the Harry Potter series in general. I just remember, this is still true to some extent in the Harry Potter fandom, I'm sure, but when, during the period when the books were still actually... Uh, coming out, I always felt kind of bad for J.K. Rowling because, you know, she'd just be like, oh, I've created this rich, uh, deep wizarding world with the four houses and the backstories of all the characters and the complex ways in which the magic works. And people would just be like, yeah, 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 but like, are they fucking? Well, uh, I thought no, but ser- like, are they like who's gonna fuck? Who is fucking? It's just weird. I I mean, I don't know. I remember someone, some article about like, oh, if Harry Potter doesn't lose his virginity in one of the books, it will be a missed opportunity. Or uh, so I mean, for him, I guess. Uh, but you know, just to like deal with that, um, because I guess to them it was like unrealistic that someone might be in high school and be not sexually active. To me, uh, fine, makes sense, checks out. I understand that, uh, but it's fine. I mean, I want to know who's gonna hook up and things too. I wanted Fox Mulder and Dana Scully to have as many babies as they could. Sometimes I uh, return to my computer in like a serious art work mode and I'll open it up and there'll be some just like porn there and I'll get super embarrassed because I'm like, oh, 
I've intruded on self-love Rob's space. I was in a locker room not too long ago, uh, not doing any talking. There, there's been a lot of talk about locker room talk, mostly in, for me in the locker room, in my experience, there is no talk. Uh, people are not talking or making eye contact or anything approaching human interactions. Uh, which may be a local phenomenon. I live in Seattle. Anyway, there was this middle-aged dude with floofy silver hair, and I had a real strong urge to pet him on the head, like ruffle up his hair like you might a shaggy dog. Uh, I wanted to pet a man. And it was, and I, when I say man, I mean like human being. I don't mean as like as opposed to women who I pet all of the time. No, uh, and it wasn't like a sexual thing either. Like I wish it had been so. To be honest, like oh, weird realization now. But fine, I'm gay and into older men. That's fine. I can live that life. I live in Seattle. But this was a much weirder urge. Uh, it means that basically there's part of me that would like to keep a 50-something man as a pet. The way a high-class fashionista might have a tiny dog in her handbag. I would need a man bag for my m- man. And he would not be allowed to speak except for treats. I guess I don't know how far this fantasy goes. Do I walk the man? Does he sleep at the foot of my bed? In his own smaller bed? Like still a human bed, you understand? But like, do I get him like a race car bed? Or something? Wake up in the morning. Take some some cereal. Um, So I want a son. Is basically what I'm saying. I want to be a dad to my dad or someone who could be my dad that brings up something for me which uh, is the fact that anytime I watch a movie and there's like a strained father son relationship and there's like some like reconciliation at the end or something like tearful like I finally understand you dad I finally understand you, son. I, like, cry. So, like, the movie doesn't have to be good or well acted. The story can be as contrived as what, as anything. Uh, I will just ball, ball buckets of tears. I mean, I cry at most movies, but, like, that'll really get me. Uh, I don't know what it could be. Could be anything. Don't try and tell me what it means. There's like, could, there's millions of different things it could be. Millions of reasons. Don't get all psychoanalytical on me. Yeah, father son stuff, whatever. Everything's fine. I wonder if my dad listens to this. It'd be kind of weird if he did. I. Not specifically listening to this specific part, but just at all. Because I don't think you'd like it. Who do I think would like it? Who would like this? 
is the target? Uh, it's me. It's just me. Ah. Good job. Good job, Rob. Great job. Take a victory lap. Hello, and welcome to Lead Moose Muscle Mussolini Linguini. Uh, I am your host, Derek Terrific. Uh, you may recall that this show used to be called Paul Politics Pot Pie, and then was called Pulled Paul Politics Pork Pot Pizza Pie. Uh, did a bit of subsequent market research, found that Pol Pot is actually overplayed, as a dictator, genocider, person. Uh, so we're going with Mussolini theme uh, for the next few episodes, I'm sure. At some point, the show will reach its inevitable uh, final form, Fitbit Hitler Kitten Drifter. But for now, it is Lean Moose Muscle Mussolini Linguini. Uh, you all know the rules, I'm sure, but in case anyone doesn't, uh, it's quite simple. Callers call in, and they tell me a riddle, the answer to which must be some combination of the aforementioned words, concepts. It could be a lean moose, a muscly moose, uh, some lean Mussolini, Mussolini after he has hit the gym and gotten ripped. It could be Moose Linguini, it could be Muscle Linguini, you know, the seafood type, etc. You get it. I'm, you're, I'm, you're, I'm very, you're very smart. Listener, you, you will understand what is happening, I'm sure. Let us take our first caller. Calling in from Sicily, oh, hometown hero, perhaps, or hometown zero burn or Mussolini by me, Derek Terrific. Uh, hello, caller, how are you? Hey, hello there. May I ask your name? Hey, my name is Giovanni. Giovanni. Of course, very Italian name, uh, Sicilian name, perhaps. Uh, how are you doing there? Hey, Giovanni, yeah, I am having a great time. I love to be on the Sicily. Uh, I don't know if you know it, but it's an island. I'm aware of Sicily. I'm aware that Sicily is an island, yes. Hey, that's great. I mean, not a lot of people like I know you. You're American, so I thought maybe you don't know geography too well. Uh, I am not an American, dear Giovanni. They let a non-American person on the radio. They they do. They do indeed. Uh, Britain, in fact, has its own radio station. We are, of course, broadcasting internationally. Uh, I am actually uh, on Iceland time. Well, that's great. Uh, you know me, my, my great-grandfather, Marconi. He invented the radio. He thought it would be a great thing for all people. And I guess it turned out to be true. Uh, Ennio Marconi, is that right? I don't remember his name. All right. Uh, 
Not going to delve too deep into that. I would love if you would hit me with your riddle. Okay, yeah, so uh, this is the idea. If you go up into Canada, you know Canada, right? It's just to the north of uh, the United States, number one, Stars and Stripes. You go up there, you may be walking through the woods. Maybe this is something you find. Maybe it is peeking around. Peeking around the trees, trying to get a good look at you, and then maybe it charge. It charges, starts with you, and you have to run back, and you tell your friends about it, and they say, that, oh, that never happened, you know. You know, that kind of, this, this wouldn't attack you like that. But you say, no, it's true. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, you're talking about the man himself, Mussolini. Oh, that's right. How to do know? Well, much as many people theorize that one Adolf Hitler evaded the Allies and fled to Brazil where he lived a long life, that's not true. But what is true is that Mussolini fled to Canada and underwent several very experimental uh, body-altering surgeries, giving him gigantic muscles, a hairy body, and the intellect of a mouse, but a very brave mouse. So, if you wander into the woods, and you see the bright, shining eyes of a strange ape creature, it's just Mussolini. Nothing to fear. He's keeping the trains running on time up in the great white north. Maybe one of them is the Polar Express. Oh, that'd be very great if I wish that was true. It can be true, Giovanni, if you just believe. Okay, Dr. I will. I will write that on a piece of paper and stick it under my pillow. Time for Giovanni to go to sleep. I love you, Dr. I'm sorry I could not stop you. It's quite all right, dear sweet Giovanni. Then no one can. Is he down? I think he's down. I think he's gone. Uh, moving on to our next caller. Calling in all the way from Montana, Missoula, Montana. How are you? Well, hello there, Derek. Hello. Uh, who may, may I ask I am speaking to, am I? Are you are you happy with that, that, how that sentence turned out? You know, I don't like to look back on anything at all, ever. Uh, so, yes. I, I don't know. I can't remember. I gotta say, I admired that 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 kind of immediate way of living. I, I I think I I would I would actually like to try and emulate that in my own life if I could. And who are you? I'm I'm the guy. You're I'm 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 Joel from Montana. I'm talking to you on the phone on your on your radio program. Oh yes, that's right. Uh, 
Let me review my notes. I'm Derek Terrifically Muscle Mussolini. Okay, got it. Dad, Joel, do you have a riddle for me? I sure do, Derek. Uh, are, are you ready for it right now? Absolutely. I've never been more ready in my life. Except for now. And now, now again. You see, I'm always right there. I'm on the front edge of the beat called life. Okay. Um, so this is something that if you go into an Italian restaurant, uh, we have uh, some pretty nice Italian restaurants here in Missoula, Montana, but uh, I, I imagine that any Italian restaurant anywhere near uh, anyone who might be listening, I don't want to play favorites or nothing. Like, there's good ones around. Uh, if you sit down there and you got that checkered cloth, and you're, you're you're reading over the menu. This is something that might might catch your eye uh, because it, it sounds so delicious, but it also sounds just so unique and like nothing you've ever eaten before. And if you do order it, uh, you, you you'll find that you, you're just gonna fall in love, and you're gonna want to take it home because you're not gonna be able to finish it all, and and then you're just gonna have it for the rest of your life. Uh, you are, of course, talking about noted muscle growth accelerant, human growth hormone. I, I don't understand how you do it, and, and, and I really thought I was going to be the one who would snub you this time, but you, you're absolutely correct. I'm talking about HGH. I'm talking about that muscle fuel. Look... The clues are all there, and the riddles, if, if, you're, if, you're, if you're looking correctly. Obviously, it's not legal, but many Italian restaurants are fronts for steroid dealers. And sometimes they're, they're not that clever about it, so they'll just put HGH right on the menu. And through a strange loophole, any, any transaction that happens with a breadstick near it is legal. This is, I, I don't know if people notice, but the mafia films, why do you think, you know, why are they like so insistent that they also grab the cannoli? The cannoli is the thing that gets them out of trouble. The founding fathers of the United States, which is a place that I'm not in, were foodies. They had tomato sauce dripping from their chins as they wrote the Constitution. And, and it smudged some words about, and it addled their brains. And now we have all of this precedent to just build upon bistro law. Yeah, it's kind of, it's like, I, I admit it's kind of weird, but, you, you know, cold dead hands and all that. Like, I, I will not be giving up my ravioli anytime soon. Well, it's your God-given right. P maybe. Joel, this has been a pleasure. But we have to move on to our final call of the night. Who are you? Where are you calling from? Usually I provide that information, so I guess I'll do it now. This caller is calling in from Tokyo, Japan. Hello. Hello, who, who may I ask? I am speaking to, am I? This is Nobuyuki 
Yamagata. I flipped my names around, so you would understand. It's very polite of you, Nobuyuki. A Japanese naming convention, of course, states that the family name should come before the given name, but we are speaking the Queen's English, and I thank you for uh, <coughs> matching your cultural values to mine. You are quite welcome. Would you like to hear my riddle? I would love that, Nobuyuki. I would love it so much. Uh, I would love it almost as much as I love that darned Hello Kitty. And I don't want to... F I, I realize it's patronizing to geek out about that just because you're calling from Japan and are uh, Japanese. Uh, but I, I really do love her very much. Oh, you like Hello Kitty. That's great to hear. Did you know that canonically she is a girl and not a cat? Get out of town. It's true. Even though she looks exactly like a cat, she is a human girl. That does not make any sense. Her name is also Hello. Fair point. I guess I should judge it by the standards it has demonstrated to me already. Yes, you must approach art on its own terms. And Hello Kitty is certainly art. I don't think anyone could disagree with that. Uh, Nobuyuki, do you have a riddle for me? I certainly do, Derek. That's great. Please, uh, uh, lay it on me and don't spare the wasabi. I'm going to let that slide. Very good of you, Nobuyuki. Very good indeed. This is an object that certainly can be found in any Japanese household, and I imagine many households around the world. It is small, cuddly, useful for putting children to bed, useful on cold nights when you are a single, lonely person, useful for times when the family is all together and needs to have a good laugh to bring everyone to a more emotional grounded place. It was the best-selling item in Japan last year, and I'm sure it is doing not too bad in other countries as well. Uh, I believe you are talking about the Leany Teeny Moose Weenie, a product of the aforementioned Sanyo Corporation, uh, creators of Hello Kitty, which we were just talking about. Uh, but what it is, is a tiny animatronic uh, stuffed moose that walks about your house, sharpens its antlers on door frames, charges the cat, takes poops in the middle of the floor, but they're actually dark chocolate. And it's just generally delightful. Yes, Derek, that's that's correct. Like you've done it again. I can't believe it. Believe it, Nobuyuki. Believe it. Well, I know normally there are no prizes associated with these riddles, but I would love to send you the latest model of the leany teeny moose beanie that won't be available outside of Japan for another six months. Uh, Nobuyuki. You have made 
a little girl. Named Derek Terrific, it's me. Very happy because uh, I live alone and have not much to look forward to. But getting a new toy. Well, it's brightened my day. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to quit doing the show. I didn't tell anyone I was going to, and I could have kept it to myself. But I want to know, I want everyone to know how close I was to the brink. And how little effort it takes on the part of you goddamn listeners to get me to keep doing this. Just send me your tiny robot moose. In Japan, we have a saying. The smallest kindness can set off a tsunami of joy. I doubt very much they say that. Oh, did you know? Yeah, that was a bit far, wasn't it? I just don't think that a Japanese person would make light of something like a tsunami. Yeah. Yeah. What's your real name? Uh, my name's Skylar Wellington. Skylar, why are you pretending to be a Japanese? I mean, I'm a 24-year-old white American male college graduate. Like, what else am I going to do? Burn! Yeah, burn, burn myself. Burn your whole class. Why, why are you so mad at us? I did, well... To, well, to be honest, I was once like you, Skylar Wellington. Holy shit, have you dropped, you've dropped your voice. Yeah, I'm just going to talk to you as me, as the real me. As Rob, whatever my last name is, who cares? Why wouldn't you say your own last name? Like, it's, what? It's not a secret. It's like written on everything associated with this show. I have my reasons. Don't worry about it. Okay, fine. Uh, I, I don't know. I often am strangely hesitant to, to tell people about the fact that I like Japanese or that I know Japanese because I think it makes them think certain things about me. You don't want to be stereotyped? No. Like you were doing to Japan not five minutes ago? Well, I think we've all learned something today. I couldn't agree more. Thank you for my uh, impromptu uh, guest host, Rob, whatever, and Skylar Wellington pretending to be Nobuyuki Yamagata. It's been a great day. Uh, this has been Reed Moose, Muscle Mussolini, Linguini. Uh, the show will not be coming back because uh, I just realized it doesn't work. But I had fun trying. Goodbye.